a hymn that uh, I like very much and uh, maybe is a hymn that we don't sing that much. Uh, 382 in English. 382 in English. I don't know what is it in Chinese or Korean. Uh, sorry, not 382. Uh, where is this now? Sorry. Mm. Let me see here. Uh, I'm sorry, it's 582. 582. Chinese 426. Chinese 426. 582. There's some uh, seats, uh, saints, uh, up here and back here. There are two seats here. Uh, okay. <clears throat> we don't have piano, so we'll just sing it. Do you know this song? Trust and Obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. <clears throat> when we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Grief for a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we Trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way 
to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. Be in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet. Or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do. Where He sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey. Oh, there's no Trust and obey. The way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Let's take a little time to pray uh, with the sister next to you. Huh? Just for a minute or two. Amen. Amen. Okay, sisters, uh, so we continue uh, with these meetings uh, in Irvine from time to time, but um, 
as some as I said uh, um, uh, before, um, I actually have prepared 48 lessons for sisters. 48 lessons. Um, this is all complete, and I would say these lessons are, of course, compiled from the ministry of Brother Nee and Brother Lee. And if I may say so, this is a wonderful compilation. And so they represent the cream of the ministry, um, even in a kind of a crystallized form uh, of uh, our brothers speaking uh, to the sisters on matters related to sisters or women. And, of course, this is a huge, big subject, and um, that's why we need 48 lessons. Now, uh, what I've been doing is I've been speaking with the help of these lesson outlines and material uh, from place to place, primarily in the churches in Canada. So at the beginning of this year, we began uh, to have meetings kind of like Saturday morning like this in different places. The first one was in uh, Richmond, Vancouver, or Richmond, British Columbia, that is uh, uh, in the Vancouver area. Uh, I think that was either January or February this year. The second time, uh, I was in um, Toronto, and there we gave lessons three and four. And so, really, um, whenever there's an opening, there is an occasion like this. Uh, I would like to finish these 48 lessons. They're being taped because I believe they are not only for sisters in one locale. They are for sisters everywhere. And so, today, actually, you are kind of the live audience, but my speaking is actually to all the sisters um, and we will be covering in these two sessions this morning, Lesson 5 and Lesson 6. Now, uh, if there is a way, I would actually encourage you to get the speaking uh, from Lessons 1 through 4. Because uh, these four lessons, as a, 48 lessons as a syllabus, uh, builds, uh, it is... Uh, uh, ordered in a particular way. They're not just randomly spoken according to inspiration. So um, it's like a course. It's like a class. So we don't, you didn't um, uh, hear, you know, lesson one through four. So I hope there's a way that you can access them. And if the church here, the sisters here would like to access them, I will find a way for you to be able to do that either by audio or by video as well. Uh, if the sisters in the different halls or different districts or you like to come together and watch this, which I recommend very much, not because I'm the speaker, forget about that, but because of the uh, importance, of the critical importance of these uh, lessons as a kind of spiritual education that you need. I'll try to help to, uh, make those uh, available so you can get to them because you need lesson one to go to lesson two, two three, and four. For example, the, um, the last two lessons, three and four, 
was on this very, very important matter of the difference between male and female. Don't think the Bible does not talk about that. Um, and especially with the uh, age that we're living in, that blur, that distinction between male and female, uh, between the two genders, uh, we need the word of God. We need the word of the truth to know these things. Otherwise, you will operate or live according to what the world puts into you. And sorry to say, especially today with the young generation, that's all they get. And what they get is wrong. What they get is not the truth. So we need the word of God. So if you are interested, um, we, we will work something out. We can talk to the, the leading brothers about this. Would, would you be, be interested in that? I mean, you can organize amongst yourselves or with the help of the brothers, uh, even either as a church or hall or district, to get into that. Now, today, uh, with lessons five or six, actually we come to two very, very heavy, and I mean to use that word carefully, heavy lessons. They may, in fact, be lessons that you don't like to hear as sisters, as women. Um, Actually, I think these lessons are not just for the sisters. These lessons are for all the saints, uh, of course, including the brothers. Um, the second meeting, for example, I will let you know now, I'm going to talk about head covering, the significance of head covering in the Word, in the Bible. Um, no, I'm not here to promote head covering. I'm not here to tell the sisters what to do. Uh, Brother Lee himself said in all his ministry, life of ministry, uh, for, for decades and decades, um, he had never given a message to tell the sisters to put on the head covering. He spoke the truth concerning the matters. You know, even we will be very much relying on, of course, First Corinthians life studies, and other parts of the ministry to know these things. So, and he also said that it is uh, one thing to have that physical symbol. Um, It's another thing to have, uh, according to doctrine, it's another thing to have to possess that reality. Um, You may have that symbol but actually you don't have that reality. You can put on a head covering, but actually you're living in rebellion. Then that means nothing. That is a mere formality. But anyway, we'll get there. I say again, that is not just a word for sisters. That is a word for brothers. When I prepare these uh, messages, uh, this word speaks to me first. Because... As a man, before God, I'm a female, just like all of us are, being wife of our only husband, Christ. Now, with Lesson 5, and I actually uh, think that um, 
um, a lot of these words speak for themselves, um, but as always, it is important to uh, base our sharing, our receiving of the word uh, on the scriptures themselves, on the word of God. We have no other standard, sisters. We have no other higher authority when it comes to the truth than the very word of God. So you must not only love and treasure the word, you must respect and obey God's word. This should be our attitude. That's why I call this song, Trust and Obey. Now, um, in the scripture reading, and I will read it to you because not all of you, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> have the, by, the whole Bible with you. So, <coughs> the first is uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 14. <coughs> about the creation of man, including the male and the female, um, in this case, the creation of the female. So I'm going to read. And Jehovah God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper as his counterpart. Now Jehovah God had formed from the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the heaven. And he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called any living animal, that was its name. And the man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of heaven and to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper as his counterpart. And Jehovah God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And Jehovah God built the rib, which he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. So it is important that we remember how the woman came about. Technically and actually, God never created a woman. God created only Adam, a man, the male. And it was out of this man, you know, the, the rip on the side, that Jehovah built a woman using the element of from a man uh, for his counterpart and as his helpmeet. And the man said, this time, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. That's the name. Um, therefore, uh, because out of man, this one was taken. Even in the English word, the word man is in the word woman, right? Woman. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be, uh, they shall become one flesh. So, that is the first, and now I come to chapter three of a very unfortunate episode of how man fell the first time through the seduction of 
the God's enemy. And that is Satan in the form of a serpent. So I read chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other animal of the field that Jehovah God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will become like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to to be desired to make oneself wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Well, we're not going to this morning spend time to talk about the meaning of that conversation between the woman and the serpent. Suffice it to say that this conversation should not have taken place. And it is because of this conversation that man fell. Now, verse 15 um, is that verse, am I right, verse 15? Uh, yes. And I will put, you know, this is the first prophecy in the Bible uh, from Jehovah himself. And I will put enmity between you, referring to the serpent, and the woman, not the man, and the woman. And between your seed and her seed, he will bruise you on the head, but you will bruise him him on the heel. You just remember that. A seed of the woman is the one who will crush the serpent's head. Now we come to 1 Corinthians 11.3. 1 Corinthians 11.3. Actually, I now like you to read this with me. This is in the New Testament. 11.3, First Corinthians. <clears throat> that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. Now, can we read it again, please? But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, And the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. Clearly, this verse indicates the existence of an order, of a divine order in this universe that has to do with something called headship. Specifically, it is made very, very plain that Christ is the head of every man, and man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. Do you see that order here? Woman being under the man, man being under Christ, and Christ being under God himself. 
I hope you can take this verse and go back and pray read it. Pray the word of God. All right. So lastly, let's read 1 Timothy chapter 2, 13 and 14. Chapter 2, 13 and 14. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, having been quite deceived, has fallen into transgression. Of course, this is going to be an important verse that we're going to rely on uh, in the lesson this morning um, with two very, very important concepts here. Adam being formed first before Eve, and then it was not Adam who was deceived, but it was the woman who was. Okay, so we have the, you have the outline uh, with you. <clears throat> the uh, lesson title is Woman. In uh, three realms or three aspects. Number one, in God's creation. Number two, in man's fall. And number three, in God's promise. You will see how the significance of a woman in these three great things. God's creation, man's fall, and God's promise. And God's promise, no doubt, is tied to God's salvation. In all these three things, the woman play a huge role. A huge role. So, Roman number one is again this verse. I want you to know. The apostle wants us to know this. You know, there are 11 problems so-called in the epistle to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. This is... Um, there's the first six, all the way up to chapter 10. And here, starting with first, uh, first, uh, chapter 11, would be the remainder. And the, the second group of problems, so to speak, uh, from chapter 11 through chapter 16, the end of the epistle, has to all have to do with God's governmental administration. Those, these are not little problems. They're not even moral problems per se. They are problems that touch, that touch God's government. All right? Now here I would like to say something first to even maybe some younger sisters or newer ones among us. That Usually, uh, in the uh, Christianity or the Christian religion, when we talk about God, we talk about Jesus, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, God's salvation, so forth. We usually stress love, we stress grace, we stress mercy, we stress life, we stress all those things. And... 
Rightly so. Rightly so. But seldom do we talk about God's rule, God's throne, God's kingdom, God's government, God's ordination, God's administration, God's order. I will tell you, actually, without those things, there would be nothing. When it comes to God, the first thing we have to acknowledge is that there's a throne related to God. The first thing is not even that God loves or that God is love, which he is. But this one who loves and this one who is love occupies a throne, sits on a throne. And that throne, anytime you have a throne, you know by extension, by inference, that there is a kingdom. There is a rule. There is a government. Nothing is greater than this in this universe than the throne of God where God reigns and rules over all. That means he is on the top. That means he is the head. That means he is the king. No one, no one can displace him. No one can usurp that throne. Everything and everyone in this universe, indeed the whole universe, are under this throne. When that is the case, and that was the case, the whole universe is in order. However, we all know, according to the prophecies and and many scriptures, that once upon a time, in the first of the angels, who were creatures before man was made, as ministers, as actually priests of another epoch, of another era, of another time, to worship God, uh, to praise God, uh, to serve God. There was a top angel, an archangel, whose name was Lucifer. He was the most pretty. He was the most dressed. He was the most adorned. He was the anointed cherub. You know, you know, in the tabernacle, there is a, what, in the holiest of all, a, what, an ark. And that is where God is. And there's this physical cherubim, yeah, you know, okay, that 
have their wings like this, one on each side, to cover, if you will, that ark, where God would meet with man in the tabernacle. And he was that cherub. You just consider, no one is as close to God as that archangel. He was in God's presence and even covered that ark. Such a one, one day, pride was found. And he began to want to be someone and be something, and not just be something, but with a heart to replace God on the throne, to be God himself. That thought is the source of all rebellion and disorder in this universe until today. And so this, he did that, and because of it, God cursed him, and God cast him away from where he is, where he was, cast him down, and along with him, some angels under him. And this Lucifer would become Satan. So don't think Satan was made Satan. Satan was an angel, the top angel, a servant of God. But because of the sin of rebellion, he was, he became the source of all lawlessness. This is serious. Sisters, I want to firstly impress you this morning. You must have this view You must have this vision based on this is not a fairy tale. This is the word of God. That brings us way back to see where all the disobedience, all the lawlessness came from. And from then on, this universe had a rebellion. And Satan and his angels was cast into, from the heavens to the earth, actually to the air. And the air that surrounds this planet, this earth, became his ruling place. And the angels that were under subservient, subservient to him became the evil spirits. And that became a kingdom that he established. And it is called the kingdom of darkness. The satanic kingdom of darkness. Where he rules in rebellion. Of course, there were some other angels that did not follow. That still serve God until today. In fact, Hebrews tells us these are our ministering spirits. Now... I'm just saying all this in a remedial way in case we do not know that story. So, sisters, you have, fundamentally, you have to acknowledge such a fact. 
I say again, those words that I just used before on the throne, on the kingdom, on government, on administration, on God's rule, this is center to God and to everything that has to do with God, including his economy, including his will, including his counsel, including his plan, which we're all part of. You shake that throne, you take away that throne, there will be nothing. Everything is based on that. And because Satan became Satan, and so God had to do something to deal with his enemy, and he would not deal with him directly because he was the creator. He needed another creature to deal with this creature. And that is the reason why God made man. That's why you and I were made. Not just as an accident. We were made, number one, to express God's glory. That's why we were made in his image and with his likeness. But more than that, more than that, we were made, we were given the power, the authority to rule for God this earth. And so, in God's plan, man's creation was to restore God's authority in this universe. With man defeating Satan and taking the lead to obey God, to live under God, to dwell beneath his throne. Of course, this man fell, and that's the story. This very, very sorry episode in chapter 3 of Genesis. We'll come to that. Because of Satan himself, Satan, man, instead of fulfilling God's, this, this, this high purpose of God, he fell prey to the rebel, the original rebel. And by that fall, man joined the rebellion against God. Instead of obeying God, man actually joined Satan and the evil spirits. So that in the air are the evil spirits and on the earth are the evil men. All in one kingdom. Now to resist God. To deny God. To stand against God's rule and God's authority. And this is why God has a plan of salvation. Listen, God's salvation in this light is not just that he had 
pity on sinners, that they're going to burn in hell, uh, they will suffer eternal perdition or damnation. No, no. God wants to save man, to redeem man back to himself. So that this man, this corporate man, would become the church. And what is the church? The church is that entity that is the body of Christ. And according to Ephesians chapter 1, it says that Christ would be head over all things to the church. So the church's main testimony, apart from being God's, uh, Christ's organic expression as his body, was to be a testimony in this universe, specifically to Satan. That she is fully under Christ as her head. That's the declaration. That's the testimony. The church would take the lead to return to be under God's government. The church actually and the kingdom cannot be separated. The proper church is the kingdom of God. The church is where God's throne is set. The church is where God can tell the whole universe to Satan that my rule has been restored. I have free authority here. My government is here. My ordained arrangement is here. And here are people. They realize this. They live this way. And this testimony will put Satan to shame. This testimony is what will defeat Satan. And sisters, we are in the church. We're not just in some church life or some good times, you know, happy place, um, uh, enjoy, have some enjoyment. You have to realize why we're here. What is the church's role? What is the church's testimony? You and I, every day we're here declaring to the whole universe, we are under God. Amen. Whilst the whole earth and all of the things in the air are in massive rebellion. We stand here and say, no. We will trust and obey. We will come back to God's purpose in his creation of man. 
We're here to represent God. And by doing so, we rule on his behalf. And so, sisters, to touch these things, you must put aside your concept. You know, I'm going to speak more and openly. Today, one of the most prevalent and powerful philosophies that drive society, not only in the Western world, but even in less developed places, because of the Internet, because of all the proliferation of ideas, ideologies, is something called feminism. I'm going to talk more about that. And I'm sorry to say that this kind of thing has invaded society and it has even invaded our minds, the minds of believers, maybe your minds. We may not have the consciousness of being rebellious or or the intention, but because of these ideologies, because of these concepts, We live in a way, we exist in a way that is not right. You know, we all live according to our concepts. You know, you you, you hold these concepts, that's how you live. And what I'm doing here is not to advance my concept or some Christianity concept or some confusion concept for the Chinese and the Koreans here? No, no. We have to see through this. We have to push aside all these clouds, all this fog, and see the throne. That is at the center of this universe where God is in the third heavens. This is a very serious matter, sisters. If you see this, I tell you, your Christian life may have a wholesale change. Brothers as well. It's not about being a better Christian. It's about seeing a vision and being controlled by it And you just live this way. You will have no arguments. You have no debates. You have no counter thoughts. In your being, there would be just a big and loud amen. That's it. And this morning I present this not to argue with anyone. There's no argument here. Either you say amen or you don't. All right. With that long introduction, which is necessary, let's go through this. And I like to even tell you uh, source material that you can go back and read on your own, which I strongly suggest. In fact, I'll tell you right now. Uh, there are many places in the ministry, but 
I'll give you three, you know, uh, uh, for this lesson. Number one, there's a set of books called the Conclusion of the New Testament, you know, a big set. Message 312. 312. And there's the Life Study of Genesis, Message 18. Message 18. And then there is also a book called The Wonderful Christ in the Canon of the New Testament, Chapter 1. All right? The Wonderful Christ in the Canon of the New Testament, Chapter 1. And you can get a lot more than my speaking today. But let's go on. First, A, 1 Corinthians 11.3, we just read, reveals the universal headship. In the universe, there is the headship, not a headship, but the headship. There's only one headship. God is at the top as the head of Christ. Look, even Christ has a head. Sisters, you may say, I don't want nobody to be my head. Even Christ has a head. Even Christ. Look, you just go and read Revelation chapter 4 and 5. That is a scene of a throne. The throne of God, the eternal one in this universe. And eventually in the midst, you know, there are all these 24 elders and all the living creatures, etc. Representing the entire universe there. Prostrating and worshipping the one on the throne. And that is God himself. And eventually, there in, on his right hand was a scroll that no one was found worthy in the entire universe to open. Then there was a lamb, as if he was freshly slain, stood up, and he took that scroll, and they all worship and say, worthy is this lamb, who is qualified to open this throne. And that scroll, we know, is the scroll of God's eternal economy. But my point is this. My point is, there is a throne. You know, the moment, I mean, John was in spirit and carried away to the third heavens, he saw the first thing is the throne, much like Ezekiel. The first thing of all spiritual vision must be the throne. But there is a lamb who stood up to execute or to carry out the will of that throne. And that was, that is Jesus, the Lamb of God. That is Christ, the Son of God. Even in the Godhead, you will find submission. You'll find headship and you'll find order, even in the Godhead. And here Christ is one, the one under God as his head to carry out God's universal administration. And there it says, Christ is the head of every man. So this is right. This is it. And the man is the head of the woman. Sisters, this is it. 
When you say amen to this, you're saying amen to the headship, to the ordained headship of God, to the throne, in fact. No questions asked. And human beings are the head of all animals and plants, you know. Man is supposed to rule over this creation on the earth, unfortunately, because he joined the rebellion. He lost his authority. And now he couldn't do that. B, in the divine governmental ordination. I, I like you sisters to appreciate words like this, ordination. That means... It's not by vote. It's not by your feeling. It's nothing. It is ordained. It is God-ordained. You know, from very early on, I was instructed, there are many things you just don't question. You just don't ask. You just say amen Amen. to the Word of God. Now, there are other things you should pose questions. Because they are questionable in society on the earth. I'm not saying we should all be dumb, brainwashed, and become just a robot, right? To believe whatever people say. I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about the word. When it comes to the word, you don't question. You don't argue. You accept God's ordination and blessed is the person who would do so. Woman is under the headship of man. God created the female in this way. God did it this way. I know today if I go out there and talk this way, I will be stoned to death. I will, people will say, we stone you to death because you have brought us back to the stone age. Don't you know society is so enlightened today that we have been finally liberated from eons of wrong and oppression of inequality. Now you are dialing black the clock. We, 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 we women just finally got some freedom. Now you're bringing us back under the man to say man is the head. What? I have not broken my glass ceiling yet. And where is that man that is worthy of my being under. Nowhere. (laughs) Sisters, I like, that's why I want you to see beyond all of this to see the throne of God. That's the only thing that I care for this morning. Among the unbelievers, the women are not under the headship of men. And since the men do not have Christ, 
they are not under the headship of Christ and thus are not under the headship of God. So today, in society, among the unbelievers, especially, sorry to say, even believers, the women are not under the headship of men. They, 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 they claim they must unshackle themselves. They must unfeather themselves from this terrible, man-made, man-created, um, uh, oppressive arrangement. This cruel arrangement to put one gender under the other. And since men do not have Christ, they are also not under the headship of Christ. In a way, I don't blame the woman. In a way. Because men themselves are not under Christ. They're not under the headship of Christ. And therefore, they're not under the headship of God. And when you are like this, you have no right, no place to be over anybody. Because you yourself are not in submission. You yourself are not under the headship. And that is the fallen situation that we're in, in society today. This whole world that we're living in is just a huge, chaotic disorder of lawlessness. Lawlessness rule. Something is ruling still. It's called lawlessness. Man or woman. Nobody listen to nobody. Rebellion in every corner. However, when we receive the Lord and became believe, become believers, Christ becomes our head. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Do you realize when you got saved, Christ did not only become your Savior or your life or your Redeemer, He became your head. Amen. How many believers know that? The day when I was saved, I have a new head. I have a new head. And that head is Christ. And even I'm supposed to enjoy his headship. Headship is for ruling. But I tell you, headship is for enjoyment. Christ is everything for our enjoyment. Our enjoyment of Christ. I love this word enjoyment. Don't, don't look at this thing as some terrible, uh, 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 this, this, this terrible setup where, where you're going to be just pushed and, and, and mistreated, abused and whatever, enslaved and tyrannized. No. We got a wrong concept. I tell you, to be under God's headship is the most pleasant thing Amen. 
in the human life, the most pleasant thing in the universe, the greatest enjoyment. In fact, life issues out of authority. The river came out of the throne. You want to enjoy the Lord, enjoy God, enjoy Christ? I tell you, you can only do so when Christ is your head. So to be under the headship is a wonderful thing. Our enjoyment of Christ as our head brings us under the headship of uh, the headship of God and sets up a proper order between man and woman. So don't try to go and okay. Now let's see how we can correct things. Um, this afternoon I'm going to have a conversation with my husband, right? To just just see how to order this thing. <laughs> because I heard this message and it won't work. <laughs> you know what you need to do, sisters, and so uh, me too. No, it's not just you, me too. Is you should start enjoying your head. Amen. Christ as your head. You know, the real submission is Christ's submission. He was the one, he is the one who take, took, takes the lead to submit to God. Read your four Gospels again and find out how the Lord Jesus lived in full submission to his Father. Doing everything according to the Father. Praying to the Father. Contacting the Father. Would not live independent of the Father. Trusting the Father. Speaking the Father's word. Doing the Father's will. Working the Father's work. Seeking the Father's glory. I mean, I tell you, here is one who is enjoying the Father to the uttermost. He took the lead. He paved the way. And he set up a model life for us to follow. And sisters and brothers, today we're here to follow his footsteps. As he submitted to God, we submit to him. And in that submission, in that orderly condition, I'll tell you grace flows. This throne will become the throne of grace. Life Supply will be there. All the provisions that we need will be there. Even the real submission will be yours. Not your clenching your teeth to submit. You, you, you follow me? Amen. But submission as Christ will what? Will become your joyous portion. There's no way to fix up this society. You can tell them all these things. It won't happen because the poisonous, rebellious nature has been injected into us. It's something even right now coursing in our blood. The moment we're in the flesh, we're setting our mind on the flesh, that's automatic. You don't need to try to rebel. You will rebel. We are a big rebellion. Me too. 
I don't want to listen to anyone. I want to throw off everything. I want to be free. I want to be my own boss. I want to be independent. And that is the principle of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Rebellion leads to independence, just like this country. It rebelled against England, and now it's become an independent nation. But that's not what we're talking about, is it? <laughs> e, hence we must enjoy Christ as our head in order to live under God's headship, the divine authority, and to keep God's ordained order in his administration I would just say again, underscore that word, enjoy. Enjoy means receive it, take it, apply it, practice it. Enjoy him as your head. Tomorrow morning when you get up, don't just say, Lord, thank you for being my life. How about change? And say, thank you for being my head. Lord, I was once headless. I was once part of the rebellion. Now, I've been brought back under your headship. I'm part of your body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being my head. I want to live this day under you, Lord. And by this, I would know how to be with my husband, with man, with others. A proper order in this universe can only be restored in this way. Okay. When we live under God's headship, the divine authority, and we will keep God's ordained order in his administration. My goodness, you just don't know how this much this means to God. If God can even find one man or one person on the earth, one out of seven billion, that is under his authority, that's a shame to his enemy. Just one. Just you, just me. I tell you, even in the coming kingdom, after the Lord's return, rebellion would not have been eradicated. Because Satan will come out again after a thousand years. There's still Gog and Magog, that nation. Rebellion's still there after the 1,000 years. Now, I know that because of time, I actually today cannot go to Lesson 6. You may breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> because I, that means I'm not going to talk about head covering. <laughs> Sisters, I am belaboring these things not to bore you, not to... But this is so essential. It's life-changing. 
It should be life-changing. Don't take this as a lesson, as a message. Okay, I'm going to finish two, and then we can have a break. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Now, this is important in 1 Timothy 2.13. Paul said that. Paul's word of explanation in 1 Timothy 2.13 brings us to the beginning. Now, what is the Lord's recovery? The Lord's recovery is to go back to the beginning. The current state of affairs is degraded. It's wrong. It's ruined. So don't take anything today as standard. We've got to go back to the beginning. In the beginning, how was it? That's our standard. That's our gold standard. Okay? God always wanted to bring us back to the beginning. Now, in this matter of man and woman and the order between them, what did Paul say? And 1 Timothy 2.13 gives the first reason that a woman should subject himself to man. This is the first reason. Paul was quite the attorney. Paul was quite the lawyer. He didn't just say things. He had reason. Proper reason. It's the first reason that a woman should subject herself to man is because... Adam was first formed, and then Eve was built. In fact, Eve was built using man as the material, as the raw material. Now, I know there's words that says, you know, uh, uh, women come out of man, and then man also came through women through birth. I mean, that's also in the word, too. These are facts. But here, we're stressing this matter of the order or the headship according to God's ordination. And that is, Adam was first created and then Eve. Therefore, a woman should should subject himself to man. Okay. Uh, Three. Adam was not deceived... But the woman, this is in the next verse in First Timothy 2, having been quite deceived, has fallen into transgression. Uh, you may say, Paul, I don't like you. You don't know these things. Even you yourself are not married. You're probably a woman hater or something. I don't think so. I think Paul was inspired by the Spirit to write these things in a very rational manner. Here's is the A says the second reason that a woman should subject himself to man because Adam technically was not the first to be deceived. Woman was. All right? Woman was the first to be deceived. And then man, that is collectively, fell into transgression. B, Eve was deceived by the serpent. We read the story just now. Because she did not remain in subjection under the headship of Adam, 
but overstepped her position to contact the evil tempter directly without her head being covered. Now, sisters, will you not be stirred up in your emotions right now? But let's, as, as Isaiah, come, let's reason together. All right? The account, clear account in Genesis 3, was that Ad, excuse me, ser- the serpent Satan with the uh, sinister, evil intent to damage man and to poison man and to cause man to fall and join him in this universal rebellion. And by this, he would sabotage God's plan, right? In his creation of man to defeat Satan. But he also knows, Satan, that between the two, the man and the woman, the woman is the weaker vessel. You know, I think it's in Peter, right? In Peter, First Peter 3, right? It says the woman, man should uh, be with their wives according to knowledge because the woman is the weaker vessel. He, Satan knew that for sure. I think when God was creating man, he was watching. And so rather than going to man, to the man, he went, he targeted the woman, the female, for cause. Because that's the weak, weaker link between the two. Now, Brother Lee said, when he came to this point, he said this. He said, saints, I'm very strong about this. He, 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 he said this. I'm very strong. That means he had a real burden about this matter. Eve, if he, she, had known to keep the headship, to remain in the headship according to order, she should know. She really should have known by, by the way she was created and what, by what Jehovah said. She should have known. But you know what? She responded to Satan. That's, that's it. That's it. That triggers everything else. That one response caused the universe, or rather the earth, to be how it is today. It's not just engaging in a conversation with a stranger that is not good. It is saying, I don't need the man. I'm independent. I can say what I want. I can engage with whoever I want. I'm going to answer this question because I can take it. That step to respond to 
Satan's question. Was the woman's assumption of the headship? That's the first time a woman, without saying so, acted in a presumptuous way to be the head. That's what happened. That's what happened. Brother Lee said this. He said that if the woman knew and kept her position in the order, in the headship, he wouldn't even say, uh, no thanks. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. He wouldn't even say that. Uh, She, I should say. She would just what? Fled. Run away. Without even batting an eye. Without spending another split second. She would just run to Adam. Run to Adam's side. Because that's where she came out of. (laughs) And hide behind Adam and say... Someone tried to talk to me. Yeah. I think the whole story of this earth will be quite different. Now, I like you sisters. Now, this is a word not just for sisters. Because before God, even the male are the sisters. This is a great lesson to learn even in our Christian life. How often we do things independently without running to our husband. Without staying at his side. And without hiding behind him. And let him take it. Let him do it. I am just under you. I'm just that woman. I'm just the wife. I'm just your helpmeet, your counterpart. According to the headship, I'm under you. I tell you, this, let me tell you, dear saints, this is the real Christian life. That you don't do it. He does it. You don't respond to it. He does. You don't react to it. He does. You go to him first. You contact him first. You hide in him first. You remain in him first. Him referring to Christ. In our spirit. You see this? But this first feminist on the earth. Our great, 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 great grandmother. The woman didn't do that. In two minutes, I will end this, this first session. Look, look, I must reread. She did not remain in subjection under the headship of Adam, but overstepped her position to contact the evil tempter directly without her head being covered. So here is not just about some physical head covering, right? This is about a condition of her head being covered by the man. 
being covered by the man, being staying under the man, keeping her under position. No, she exposed herself. She got rid of her hair, so to speak, according to 1 Corinthians 11. She talked to the evil tempter. And she was deceived. And through him, uh, through her, the man was also deceived. Eve, number two, uh, one, the inward cause of man's fall, inward cause, was the woman's assuming the headship. Eve was ensnared by the serpent because she forgot her husband at that moment. I think so. She just forgot. She had a husband. The devil was crafty, knowing that the woman was weaker than the man. I mentioned that already. And he chose her as his target. Regardless of what the woman said to the serpent, as long as she stood there and spoke to him, she was wrong. For it indicated that she had assumed the headship. It's not even what she said. Or how, 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 how high an IQ she had. Or, or how smart and capable she was. It has nothing to do with those things. I know there's plenty of women that are smarter than men. Plenty of wives that are more smarter than the, than the husband. Plenty of that. But it is not about that. It is, a, it is about the headship. It is about the order. It is about the God-ordained position. In warfare. It's, this is what it's all about. In God's kingdom, this is the only thing that counts. Today, the whole thing is, uh, what is that word? Meritocracy, am I right? It's not gender, it's not this, it's, it's who this is smartest, rise to the top. There's that side. I'm not saying that's, that's wrong. But in what we're talking about, it's not meritocracy, okay? It's just God's ordination. That's it. That God, that, 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 that's, that's how God arranged things. And we do well to remain in that, to stick with that. To be very good with that. And we will be protected from the fall. From danger. All right. I think this is a good time to stop. Um, now, I think the food has been taken away. No more food, huh? Am, am I right, uh, Rich? Uh, there's still some snack. Oh, my goodness. I don't think the sisters need that much snack. Uh, because of time, we end at uh, uh, it's uh, at, at twelve o'clock, right? Uh, so, how about dear dear sisters, we come back at about ten forty-five? All right, I think it's it's okay. You can handle that, and that will give me the time to finish this first message. All right. Uh, uh, still, uh, please have just a a minute of some. Uh, some touching of the Lord together. Huh? Just, just a minute, and then we can break. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. I, I can't speak. Okay, it's on. Okay. <laughs> well, I'd like to um, start with two thoughts uh, uh, before I continue. Um, there comes a moment in time for any believer, for a true believer of the Lord. There has to come a moment in time when he or she, it's not just the sisters, but the brothers, would have to face this matter. What matter? The matter of God's authority. Um, in this universe, and more subjectively, God's throne or authority in his life or in her life. Somewhere, a true believer will have to be confronted with this and come face to face with this. The earlier, the better. The sooner, the better. And the quicker you acknowledge this and you are brought under this, the better. You will save yourself, listen to me, from a lot of suffering and pain. I do not say this to threaten anybody. But I speak this according to the word. I speak this according to my own experience. That word in Samuel, I believe, that says God desires obedience more than sacrifice. You, you remember that? That word that Samuel said to Saul, Saul was supposed to slay all of, who's that, that king? Um, and the cattle and the herd, everything had to be completely destroyed. But he didn't do that. He destroyed some but he kept them. And so Samuel said, what, what are those noises and sound from the animals? Then he said, well, those are just animals. I kept them. That means he failed to obey God's word 100%. And he paid for it. And that payment was severe. That's the loss of his kingship. He was actually anointed to be king. He had the kingship by that time. But because of one act of disobedience, of presumptuousness, he lost his kingship. This is more serious than the sin that David committed, which was a moral sin. Of course, I'm not condoning it. I'm not justifying it. But I'm saying in comparison, from God's point of view, usually we are much more conscious of moral sins, all right, where our conscience is quite activated and sensitive to sins of, of failures of moral nature. And they're serious. But 
that problem, even in the epistle of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, was in the first section. Those five or six problems, including that sin of a moral, terrible moral nature. But in the second section, this matter of head covering, or the, this matter of headship, was the first matter mentioned in this section covering what? Covering the um, God's government. And so um, later on it covers the Lord's table and so on and so forth. So, sisters, I do not say this at all in a threatening way, but really in an educational and instructive way, because I fear that today many of our own, our brothers and sisters, have never been helped or educated in a proper way. Then you say, how come my life is so filled with problems? Why, why, why this doesn't work, that? In, in, put it in other words, why am I not so much under God's blessing? That's another way to put it. There are principles to be under God's blessing. And here is a big one. And that is how much you're under the throne of blessing, the source of all spiritual blessing. You, you live in a defiant way. You live in a rebellious way. You live presumptuously. And so, actually, I spoke one time here over a decade ago to the young people. I was invited to the young people's meeting. I gave a word to the young man. You know, I pick up the best verses in the Bible concerning young, young, young man or young, young people. I have, and, and recently, two years ago, I gave a similar but expanded message in there in Arcadia to, to a joint uh, young people's fellowship of Southern California churches. And my first point is always, always, I think from Ecclesiastes or one of those books, and that is for a young, the word, the first admonition to a young man is to fear God. It's not to even to love God or enjoy God. The first thing is to learn to fear. Today, I'm very, very fearful, afraid for many saints because they live as if there's no God. There's no sense of godly fear within them. In other words, you may say they, they have no sensitivity to this matter of authority and order. They talk about life and they have, you know, they, grace. Those things, they have some awareness and consciousness. But fear, you know, today these uh, surf things, surf, you know, the whole surf industry, 
if this big thing splashed on a T-shirt called Fearless, you, you know, or this skateboarding or whatever, this extreme stuff, Fearless. I'm always fearful. I, I need to make a shirt that says Fearful. <laughs> and sell it to our young people, maybe. That's the anti-testimony. Do you see what I'm saying? They are playing with fire they don't know. They are, they are walking on the edges they don't know. There is a God, and this God is not mocked. So I would like to, as I'm touching this matter, actually I'm touching this with fear and trembling. Now, some people say to fear God, it's, that's religious. No, that's not religious. It's not religious. So, sisters, learn to fear the Lord. Even as you talk, consider these things. Even when you face these things. Don't just, you know, bring your whatever. Fear the Lord. Not me. You don't need to fear me. Fear the Lord. That's the first thing. The second thought I must promote and bring up to, to the saints is the beauty of submission. There's probably no other virtue that is as beautiful, as glorious, as lovely as the virtue of submission. But this is so different than what the world teaches us. They place this thing called submission under servility, you know, uh, um, subservience, uh, uh, slavery, you know what I mean? Uh, tyranny. They, they, they cast this whole matter under that light. And so you're supposed to what? Fight it. You're supposed to... You know, anyone who's submissive is a weakling. You know, you're not just weak. You just, you know, strong men or strong person, they don't submit. They, they, they're defiant, you know. They, 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 they fight their way through. They, they're tough, you know. That, that's the, the teaching. That's the prevalent philosophy. So we even try to help our kids to be like that. Now, there is the side of helping our children to be responsible, am I right? To not just, just be a wallflower, you know, to, 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 to have backbone. And, but you know I'm not talking about that this morning, all right? I'm talking about something else in this divine realm, in this Christian realm. I'll tell you, the top virtue is submission. 
you, you, you can have all the other virtues and you miss this one, you almost miss everything. Even faithfulness cannot compare with this. Submission. And this is because this is God. This is the principle of God. In this universe, there's just such a thing called authority and submission. It exists. This reality exists. And if you want to just kind of deny that or just kind of brushes aside, you're denying truth. You're denying fact. You're actually denying God. So no, I'm not here speaking to sisters to put you all under some something, you know. You know, I don't know what. No. I find you know, I mentioned to you many times, I studied many things. I probably read more things about sisters than sisters because I study them. And I'm drawn to them. And, and I testify numerous times that when I really get into these things, I said, Lord, why didn't you make me a sister? Now, I'm not here talking about any sex change, okay? <laughs> I'm here talking about there is an aspiration within me. When you touch the reality, when you see the picture, you would just say, Lord, you made sisters for a reason, a noble, beautiful reason. And even this matter of head covering and all of this, even the sisters actually in their person, in their role, is a, the proper one, is a sign of submission. And the sisters have that privilege. Now, the brothers also, in relation to Christ, for sure. But the sisters, not in direct relation to Christ, although it is, but to man, which is harder. You know, Christ is Christ, I mean, of course. But man, you know, it's about the same. <laughs> That's harder, but that's the sign. That's how woman was made, and you, you will see the next lesson we'll talk about, you know, according to nature, that's Paul's word. That means the natural principle in God's creation. To fight that, to, to say no to that, you're going against nature. And you're going against God. And you will only bring suffering. You will only bring pain to yourself. If you insist to live that way. I feel very, very fearful as I look in the newspaper. You know what I mean. And see what's going on today. Um. Now, I'm not here to be pro or 
anti any movements. I'm not here to justify these uh, terrible things that men uh, would do to women. I'm not. I'm not that way. You, I think you you can believe me. I'm not that way, and but I'm not in that realm. I'm not in that societal realm. You know. I am talking about something in this more important realm, and that is the realm of God and man. So I like you, the sisters, to pursue this virtue, to pursue this virtue, uh, not in a way of performance, you know, just you act submissive, that doesn't work. I'm saying touch the reality and the spirit of this matter. In fact, touch Christ, who is the genuine reality of submission itself. Touch him. Enjoy him. That is to enjoy the head, really. And you will see. And there will be a change. Not by regulation, not by rules, but by life. If I come among the church or the saints or sisters, let's say, it's not just the outward kind of thing. Your spirit can sense. There is a sense or sensation of whether that reality or that maturity is there or not. So I just want to offer those two things, to fear the Lord and the beauty of submission. It's not about slavery, sisters, or who's the boss. Okay, I'm going to continue. All right. I start with three again. Regardless of what the woman said to the serpent, as long as she stood there and spoke to him, she was wrong. Just by even responding. I mean, forget about the discussion. Just the fact that she responded, she was wrong. Right there, she didn't check with Adam. She didn't even bother to check. How about that? She just, oh, okay, you know, just get into a dialogue. Now, how many problems happen because of this, even humanly speaking? Um, it's very, very heavy duty for Brother Lee to say that this indicates that she assumed the headship. I mean, I think, oh, really, that's serious? I mean, this is just, uh, she just kind of talked. She was curious. How about that? But curiosity killed the cat. And in this case, this result in millions and billions being killed of mankind or destroyed by Satan. 
See, just one failure by this one woman. Brought in so much destruction, damage and destruction. These things, it is not safe. That's not the way to to go. Okay, so the four says the safest way for her would have been not to talk to the evil one, but to turn to her husband and hide behind him. How about that? Don't stick your your head out. Uh, You're not the head. You're not the head. Someone else is the head. Isn't Isn't that safety? Isn't that isn't that a protection? Isn't that a salvation? We should look at things that way. Brothers too. Eve should not have spoken to the evil one, for while she was talking to him, his wicked thought entered into her mind. She was weaker. So it didn't take much to penetrate and of course, the evil one is seductive and 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 charming. Am I right? And 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 just before long, got her fully engaged and her mind open to this one, and something got in, in a way, a poisonous injection. Little did she knew what was injected is the germ of rebellion, the germ of all germs. Thus, even before Eve partook of the tree of knowledge, her mind had been polluted by the enemy's concept already. We think when they make that first bite, that, that that's when they were corrupted. Yes, in a way, at least their body, you know, their the, the, the body became sinful. Sin entered into the world by through the body, by their eating, and which became lust and and, and evil and so forth. And but even before that, or what led to that, was a dialogue. Was a failure in not keeping one's position of being presumptuous. That's always the beginning of all transgressions, brothers and uh, sisters. It could be any sin, but if you trace it all the way to the source. It's always somewhere, somehow, there is a what? There is an overstepping. There is a rebellious thought. There is a disobedience. And it leads to all manners of evil things. You cannot even imagine it. But it starts sometimes even with just one thought. Just one thought. Or just some entertainment of the enemies uh, approaching you. You know, some, some thought put into your head by the enemy, you entertain it. That means you're doing a dialogue now. You're conversing with Satan now. Because you entertain that thought. And then... And then everything fall, fell apart. Isn't this, uh, to some degree, our experience? I can surely testify that. So by the way, sisters, and to all the saints, 
Don't think even just one failure is okay. I mean, that one failure may have the possibility to become the failure in our lives. And this is why we need to be careful or be fearful. Even in the smallest thing, we need to turn to the Lord. Right? In the smallest thing, we should keep our position under the headship. And for you sisters, under the man. Okay. The first pollution is not even the body, it's the mind. And with the emotions, because later on it says he saw, you know, after, after the devil talked, then, or the, 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 the serpent talked, then he saw that tree, and it was pleasant. That's, now the emotion got involved. First the thought, then the feeling and emotion, and the third thing, the will. She ate it. The soul was first polluted even before the body was corrupted. And you may not see this, but the fact is that whole process is a process of rebellion. To put a very heavy sentence on this sin is rebellion. It's not in a way you can say it's not just even eating that tree. If there was not that rebelliousness, she wouldn't even, she wouldn't have eaten that tree or gave it to the husband. Okay, six, Satan will always try to tempt you, induce you and trap you by making a proposal which raises questions about God's word. This is a wonderful, wonderful um, way to look at it. The, any time there's some thought within you to have a question about God, a question about God's word, you better, you better run away. Don't even entertain it. Don't even, we call it nip it in the bud. Don't even have a conversation within yourself. You just flee. You just run away. Hide behind your husband. Hide behind the brothers. Hide behind the Lord, our head. All these doubts and questions, they don't originate from you. They come from the serpent himself. Yeah. Up to this day, we are all, each one of us, a little garden of Eden. And within us are still those two trees, experientially speaking. Actually, in fact, that's the case. We still have the flesh within us. We still have the spirit within us. And so it comes to seven. We should not question any of the words in the Bible, but should say amen to every word. Not just outwardly saying amen, but inwardly from the heart. From the heart, sisters, you say amen to the word of God. Now here, talk about the spirit. See, Adam and Eve failed 
because they did not use their spirit. They were made with a spirit. It's called the breath of Jehovah. But they didn't use it, or she didn't use it. She used her mind, or rather her soul. By the way, sisters, we really, according to the Lord's word, we all need to deny our soul. That's, I would just repeat what the Lord said. Because if you're in the soul, you entertain your soul, you, you build up your soul as your organ, as your primary organ, and you live there, and that's the realm where you're vulnerable to Satan's approach and suggestions. And yes, I use the word seduction. There's a spirit within us. Dear saints, this is why we need to turn to the spirit and live in and by the spirit. That's not just some local church slogan, not just some song we sing. Every minute of the day, every decision we face, it's a time to turn again. To turn to the spirit actually is an act of submission. Did you hear that? Practical act of submission, of keeping your position, is to turn to the Spirit. That means you turn to the Lord first. There would be, have been no problem. Two, our husband is with our spirit. That's the Lord. However, if we remain in our mind, it means that we are assuming the headship, setting our mind to behave independently. I mean, a soulless Christian... is an out-of-place Christian. A soulish believer is actually a rebellious believer. Because when you live in your soul, you live, in, you live independently of Christ, of the Lord. It doesn't, when you do it, it doesn't sound so serious. You know, I'm just in my mind a little bit. I just get in my emotions a little bit. I... Well, well, just remember Eve's story. She probably was saying, hey, this is no big deal, you know, just talking to the snake here. (laughs) it's, It's serious. Okay, I now come to number four. This is a wonderful, wonderful section, even for the sisters, especially for the sisters. The fall occurred through the woman, it's clear, and the deliverance was promised also through the woman. See, this is the Lord's wisdom. The very vehicle and instrument through whom corruption and transgression and rebellion came into man, mankind, is the very instrument and vehicle that the Lord would use to expel this rebellion, to destroy the serpent. This shows us the importance of the sister's position in the Bible. 
Now, we're going to have a lot more lessons about cases and this and that, all about the importance of the Bible. By the way, I said earlier, I said, never think that Paul is a woman hater, right? Uh, So, because he's not married, so he say all these things. Uh, No, uh, look, look, I think, I think, I think Paul esteemed the female more than a lot of people. I mean, in Romans 16, the book of uh, uh, a chapter of greetings, the first one was a deaconess, Phoebe, who was a patroness of the church in Sancria. How about that? I mean, of all people that he greeted, that was the first one she gre- uh, he greeted. So no, Paul is not that way. Paul is absolutely in the spirit with the truth and not biased, huh? Okay. But all the talk about the sister's role and importance and position and all of this starts here. This is the first lesson wrapped up in a prophecy by the Lord himself. And this is the great, great prophecy uh, in God's economy. A, after man was created, what happened to man was very much related to the woman. That's why we have these lessons for sisters. Woman is just so important in God's plan, in God's economy. By this we can see that whether or not God can have his way today in his purpose depends very much upon what the sisters will do. Even in this little... uh, 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 in this case uh, of uh, failure, and then in this prophecy uh, by Jehovah, we can just conclude so much of what God wants to accomplish in his purpose today depends on how the sisters are, how the women are, and what they would do. And, and, and that is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, our brother said, 70% of the building up of a local church depends on the sisters. 30% on the brothers. I absolutely believe that, and I've seen that. The Lord knows I esteem the sisters to the uttermost. And that's why there's a burden that the sisters need certain perfecting and training and education to, so that they can fulfill their role adequately to build up the body of Christ. You know what I would say, sisters? Take the matter of being a sister seriously. I didn't say Christian. I said sisters. You are, I know you're a sister. So. But I'm saying 
take this matter of being a sister seriously. That means learn. That means improve. That means cultivate. You're you're not today that uh, fulfilling that role yet so much. It's okay. So you need to grow in life. You need to learn certain things. And you become such a sister. You're not born this way. You become this by much learning and experience. Okay? See, after the fall of man, God came in. Not to do something through man, but to do something through the woman. It's like God is just doing this for the devil's sake. Devil, you came in, okay, and messed things up by the woman. I'm going to use the same woman to mess you up, right? Not just mess you up, to destroy you. It's God's wisdom. So one, the subtle serpent, the enemy of God, came in through the woman. Two, therefore God chose to defeat the enemy also through woman, through the same channel by which he came. In Genesis 3, the serpent came in through the woman. And in the same chapter, God promised that this woman would bring forth a seed who would bruise the head of the serpent. I mean, don't you praise the Lord? I mean, I just worship God for his infinite wisdom. The seed not of a man, but the seed of a woman. This is the first seed in the Bible. There are many seeds. The seed of Abraham. The seed of David. Now, all eventually pointing to Christ, I know. But the first mentioning is the most important. It is the seed of the woman. The woman. And that established a principle in the Bible hereafter, and that is the role and importance and the criticality of the female in God's plan of salvation, in God's work in his economy, until today, even right now, in the church. D, eventually we see that the woman is not so bad. (laughs) This is Brother Lee's word. She is... She is glorious. Though Satan came in through the woman, the seed, capital S, that means Christ, who would bruise the serpent's head, also came in through the woman. This, of course, refer to the first Mary in the New Testament. And that is the biological mother of the Lord, the one who gave birth to Jesus. So Christ on the cross would destroy the devil and bruise his head. And this one came from a virgin. No man involved. Just a virgin. Purely from a woman did this seed come. Jesus was not the seed of a man. He was the seed of a woman 
All the sisters should be proud of this. Well, I didn't say that. This is somebody else said this. Since the day Jesus came in through woman, there is the wonderful story of woman in the New Testament. There are six Marys recorded in the New Testament. Um, this is probably the first recorded and printed message of Brother Lee to sisters in this country of USA that I can remember. The first, the six Marys, it's called the six Marys. The first Mary was the woman through whom Jesus was born. With Mary, there is the seed of woman, and Jesus' name is her seed. <clears throat> e, we should realize that the proper position of human beings is that of a woman. Now we're brought, we're brought, broadening this matter of woman to include the man. The entire humankind, according to God's creation, has the position of a woman. Whether we are male or female, we all have the position of a woman before God. So there are no brothers in this room, huh? These are all women. <laughs> Even I'm a woman. In, uh, to God uh, in, as far as our position relative to the Lord. We all are women. <clears throat> if we claim that we are men before him, we will immediately be devoured by Satan. That is absolutely right. You know, right, brothers? Whenever we stick our, neck, uh, our head out and now I'm the man, now, well... No, our real man is Christ. We hide by his side, from which comes blood and water, right? That's where we hide. What a place to hide. And we would always flee to him, cleave to him, and let him be the boss. Let him face the problem. Let him make the decisions. Let him rule our lives. Let him be the decision maker in our lives. That's the way to be a woman. And if we don't do this, we will be defeated by Satan. You know, all the ones who are defeated by the enemy are those who somewhere stuck their head out. And they be their own boss. They make that decision independent of the Lord. And they got just eaten up. They get eaten alive. They get devoured by Satan. And Satan, it says, is the roaring lion, you know, all across the earth seeking people to devour. He's still doing that today. Except today's not in serpentine form, but in lion form. And and don't think you, you're not vulnerable. I mean, he can eat us up. But there is a safe place. There is a safe spot. And that spot is to be under his headship. To be at his side. To hide our hiding place, the Lord. Two, undoubtedly, the woman mentioned in Genesis 3.15 is Eve. And Eve signifies all the people of God. 
the people who take the position of a woman trusting in God, as long as we trust in God, we are his people, his wife. So I end here. Sisters, I'm very happy this morning, by the way, not to just speed along and get to the next lesson. I think we did the right thing to, 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 to do it slow and stay, stay here. Um, I'd like to finish with the song that I suggested we sang, Trust and Obey. It's almost that song, I wouldn't say it's childish, but it's, um, it's uh, uh, it, it, it childish in a, in a good sense. That means it is childlike, perhaps. It is innocent. And dear sisters, uh, dear saints, we are told to be little children, to enter into his kingdom. In many things, we, we should be childlike. And when it comes to trust and obedience, it's all about a child. Right? A good child is a child that is trusting. That means totally dependent on their parents. And obey, obedient. They listen. They don't talk back. They don't argue. They don't, you know, do these things. They just, you know, yes, mom, you know, they, they, they obey. So we know that these are two great things, and these two things are put together in one song. I learned this song when I was like that. I sang it in Chinese. Chinese is very, very poetic. and uh, But it's originally an English song translated into the Chinese. So these two things, trust, that means depend, and obey, that means submit. They are a pair. You cannot pull them apart. You cannot have trust without obedience. And there's no real obedience without complete trust and dependence on the Lord. I said already the biggest sin in the universe is rebellion. And the result of which is independence. And when man rebelled against God and declared independence from him, and that plunged the entire human race into sin and the whole universe into confusion, into chaos. Today, God is building his church to be an anti-testimony of that exactly. So the church must be the place, the first place where trust and obedience is recovered among men. The church should be a place of a testimony of human beings coming back to God to depend on him and to submit to him. That's the church. That's that's what we're practicing here in Irvine.
Okay? I think that's good enough. So uh, I'd like to know, firstly, we have a few minutes, and we can end early. It's okay. Uh, you have some questions related to this or related to something else? You should feel free. Did you get something this morning? Did, did, did you get, get, I mean, I, 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 not just the story, not just, you know, I mean, a, a, a bigger vision, at least, an enlarged vision. And did you touch the spirit of the matter, right? Uh, not just the outward, but the spirit of the matter. Well, I personally think that in these things, uh, just one lesson or just, some inspiration is not adequate. I really adjure you to go back and find time to be with the Lord alone, alone. Uh, to go over these things again with the help of the word and the outline and the speaking and even the, some ministry reading. Because we need to all get through with this matter. We all need so that we can walk on a straight path as a Christian in the church life, right? And not in a crooked way. And this way, I will guarantee you, will invite the blessings of God. The other ways, I cannot tell you. But this way, I can guarantee you, is the way of blessing. For you, yourself, for your family, for the church. Okay? All right. Um, I don't know what to do. Maybe some, some sharing. We can finish early. No, no problem. Uh, but maybe some, you have some sharings or some... It's hard to show. Oh, okay, okay. I really appreciated this message, and um, I was thankful to the Lord for this truth that is presented to us. Um, God's throne. We are not learning here only about God's love and mercy, but um, we are in God's kingdom, and in order to be in God's kingdom, we need to know God's administration. And submit to the throne. Actually, the the word submission um, it's 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 actually equals deliverance. Uh, once we learn how to submit, it delivers us from ourselves, from troubles. And uh, this is a beautiful word. I'm very encouraged. And uh, we all. Fail, and I just want to encourage Russell, myself, and everybody else that our our, our failures are leading us uh, to God's promise to defeat the enemy. So God is looking for uh, a submissive person on this earth to subdue His enemy, and I'm very grateful for this message. Amen.
今天早上很得着，呃，学习这个基督的顺服成为我的美丽。Today I really appreciate、um, the message about submission to Christ. 成为我的美丽。Oh, to be my beautiful, beautiful submission. Amen. 啊，所以我看到了，我只要下定我的意志，我的心要向着神的宝座。So I need to、uh, make a decision to have my heart turned towards the throne of God. 希望我能看，时时在每一件事上看到神的宝座，我就能够把我的心转向灵。I need to give a, to give my every matter to the Lord and to turn my spirit to God, to God's spirit. 这样我就蒙保守了，我就脱离世诱。Amen. In this way, I'll be preserved and be um、uh, delivered from temptation. And, 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 be, and to be delivered from temptation. Praise the Lord. I appreciate today's message and that um to have Christ as my beauty. The submission of the submission of Christ becomes my beauty. Amen. Um, I see many ordination. I see many principles in life. You follow and you get blessing. Very simple thing is you eat well, you be healthy. You you abuse your eating, you get not healthy. <laughs> so simple things like that. I I appreciate experiencing life. I agree, but today I open my eyes is open even more. The submission of the headship,、um, the ordinate. It, it's not for us to argue about. All the position we have, all we have is left to say amen. Once you are amen. It's just like follow the healthy eating. You'll be healthy, spiritually healthy, and you'll be under God's blessing. And、um, another thing is、um, talking about the safest way. And there are some failure examples.、Um, used to be, I am still very prone to the high pressure cells.、Um, a lot of times there was this very, very,、uh, you know, remember.、Uh, Clear experience to me. I was sold to buy the spa、uh, certificate, okay, and because under the high sales pressure,、um, because I did not just turn myself away, I listened,、um, I hang around, and then I turn turn out to you know just spend money there. And I appreciate I have a husband who's very firm. Whenever you know he sends that, he just Doesn't talk even one more sentence with you, and he just turns his head around. And sometimes I feel so embarrassed. But now I think about it, it's the right thing to do.、Uh, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Just say no. That's as simple as that. The end of story. No more speaking. No more negotiation. No more talking from the dark side. And then you'll be preserved. Just say amen to the Lord. You know that's our position. In the universe, there's only black and white. There's no gray. If you allow yourself to stand on the position to let this evil salesperson to sell, tell you things, then for sure you will lose. If you don't lose this time, you will lose next time. 
Lord Jesus, may us to be so sober in our mind. You know, knowing this, I appreciate that the brother just not telling us to do this this or that. Um, um, but he, he wanted us to have a fun, fundamental knowledge, to know this, to see this as a vision, so our life can be governed, and our human life and our church life can be blessed. Praise the Lord for God's ordination. Uh, so, 1 Corinthians 11:3. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. And I'm just really touched that the only way that we can submit to our husband is by enjoying the head Christ, Amen. by enjoying him. And really, it is a blessing. You know, just even in the small things. Um, a sister told me, Benny, she said that well, she was driving, and when she was driving, her husband said, move over to the faster lane. And she thought to herself, why? Because this lane is fine. But she moved over. She just said amen and just a small thing, and she listened to her husband. She moved over. And sure enough, down, down the lane, there was an accident on, the, on that side, on the other side she was driving. So... You know, just, I really see that with my husband. Just small things. And if I listen, there really is a blessing. Amen. And if I don't, I realize, Jim, you are right. So you know what I tell him? I say, Jim, don't stop speaking. You know? But, you know, I realize I, in myself, if he says something, I want to just do the other way. I just need to enjoy Christ. Amen. And then spontaneously, there will just be the blessing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I really appreciate this word this morning. Um, I just feel like it's such a needed word, um, especially in this day and age. Um, and the world is so strong um, to teach us otherwise and even um, very subtle ways, too, I think more importantly, because probably if it's more overt, we actually are able to reject it. But I just feel in so many subtle ways the the world um, can poison our mind and cause us to feel and think differently. But I just really appreciate this healthy word, and um, and may this may this word really become such a vision to us Amen. to see that in in God's um, in God's word there is an ordination, and that um, we um, and that submission is is such a beautiful virtue, and. Um, in ourselves, there's no way, but uh, may we be those who really enjoy the Lord um, and take Christ as our head daily. Amen. I just appreciate this matter. Receive it, take it, apply it, practice it. Lord, thank you for being my head. Amen. May we be those who hold you as the head every day. I was very touched with the matter that even Christ was under the head. There is an ordination. I mean, it was so clear to me this morning when Brother Minora was speaking. There is an ordination. And just to be under that, what a blessing to be. Um, that Christ has become our head, but he's also under the Father's head. And he was such a path to us and is for us to follow him. Amen.
Yeah, I feel so comforted and uh, encouraged this morning uh, throughout the message here. Uh, as you, uh, Brother Chen uh, concluded, that you know, 70% of the building up of the church, sorry, <laughs> depend on her sisters. So I encourage all the sisters here because I am very old, so I can testify. The more suffering we experience, that means that we are more uh, able to be a masterpiece and uh, to take care of the church uh, problems. But after I moved back to California, I met so many broken families, single mother, all the sufferings. <laughs> so then they feel so comforted by my fellowship because of what I share is not only the knowledge, but my experience. Mm-hmm. So I feel so encouraged this morning. And uh, also I want to give all our sisters uh, a verse in the Bible, book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. Okay, say, um, now the God of hope fill you uh, in believing, okay, uh, fill you with all joy and uh, peace in believing. So the key is uh, you have to believe, you know. Then all the joy and the peace uh, will be filled. And uh, that we may abound in hope, yeah, hopeful, okay, abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. God bless all of you. thinking in terms of uh, not in position many times when I think of submission. Because, you know, um, if we have a proper position in God, God first and then Christ and then man and woman, then I don't think we have so much problem. Because many times we talk to our children, we think in our position, right? We are, we are mothers and fathers. So we, uh, when we speak, we uh, automatically um, think that they should accept it and follow. But many times we don't think in that way about our husband or, or our brothers or um, in church life. So if we see our position where God set forth, then I don't think we have so much trouble accepting God's ordinances. So I think our concept, the brother mentioned at the beginning, we have to have a proper concept, and then we live by it. So our whole uh, concept has to be changed. In order to see that, it's not just only God's word that, um, that we have to follow, but we have to really see our position where we are is so important. Then I think accepting all these um, ordinances is so much easier because um, many times, especially being Asian, we have this position thing is very important to us, right? Being a mother or being a, like daughter-in-law or daughter, all different positions. According to that, we um, have an expectation in how we behave or how we submit or obey. So seeing that was very important to me this morning, seeing where we are. And also um, the fact that God loves more of our, our obedience than sacrifice. We can sacrifice a lot doing work for the church and even, you know, just doing all kinds of things, but that doesn't please God. What pleases God is obedience. So this is God's word. 
So we need to um, bring ourselves to the place where God will be pleased. If his Lord is not pleased, then how can we enjoy him, right? Every time we meet, we fight with God, you know, we have our own way, then Lord cannot um, enjoy us and neither we can enjoy Lord. So in order to enjoy the Lord, we have to accept his ordinances. So praise God for these words and um, uh, praise God that we should have this kind of meeting more often. Even today that brother wanted to cover another lesson, we didn't get to do it there, but I just kind of just speaking for myself that I wish we have more of these uh, kind of meeting, you know, more often. Not every three months or something, but even every month. Praise God for this wonderful message. Amen. Uh, this is actually a little bit uh, self-exposed. Um, so the, the uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, uh, Corinthians, uh, Corinthians and 11, 3 says that uh, Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of the woman. So the things that I want to share is that when I see this, this is actually a little bit thinking that, okay, that's fair. You also have a head. <laughs> now I realize that's actually pretty ugly kind of thinking. So we should just enjoy Christ and then really, really just uh, knowing that uh, Christ is our head. Not in the practical living, thinking that, oh yeah, yes, you have a head too, you know, that's fair, so I would exercise. So that's just a little bit self-exposed. I really enjoy that being under the throne is an enjoyment. And uh, brothers share that there is life issue out of, out of the throne and there is the water flowing out of the throne. So if we put ourselves above the throne, there will be dry and cold. So, um, uh, and I'm really glad to, uh, I really want to be perfected to be a useful vessel for the Lord. But today I, I, I see that the first thing I need to be perfect is to be a sister. And um, I'm not born this way. So I need a lot of um, training, a lot of perfection uh, on the matter of submission. Amen. I really, <laughs> um, being a sister, I really was inspired by this message. Um, the first thing to learn is to fear God. There is a God, and God is not to be mocked, so do not be fearless. The second thing is the beauty of submission. That is to obey the Lord. Or obey the Lord. Um, faithfulness cannot even compare to this. So prefer, or pursue this virtue and touch Christ and just enjoy him. I really enjoy how each one of us is a little garden of Eden and how we cannot trust the Lord without obedience. Um, and I really enjoyed how he said curiosity killed the cat. The evil one was seductive and charming. Um, sometimes it starts with just one thought. So do not engage in with, with and entertain with Satan's thoughts. Um, even the smallest thing, we need to turn to the Lord. So flee from conversing with Satan. 
And I really enjoyed how 70% of the depends on sisters and 30% depends on brothers of the building up of the body of Christ. And I also really enjoyed Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Um, after the fall of man, God came in not to do something through man, but to do something through the woman. And I really enjoy this because he used the same woman to defeat the enemy. So we need to do the same. Um, sisters, we need to take the matter of being um, a sister seriously. And we need to learn, improve, and cultivate. Also, we need to come back to him, depend on him, and submit to him. I think the main thing that needs to be gained by us is to turn away from our natural uh, concept, fallen concept of the word of submission. It's not something that is something to be fought against like in the natural worldly realm but it is something that is fully just in hedge, under the headship of, of God. There's just a natural ordination, and it's not something to be debated about. It's not something, oh dear. <laughs> it's not something that we need to have any feeling about even. It's just what it is. It's God's way. And it's not something that we, um, um, even to think that we need, okay, I've got to be submissive. That's not the point. (laughs) The point is going to the Lord. The point is just opening to him. The point is just saying, Lord, bring me under your headship in the way that you have ordained in this universe. And in doing so, we come in line with what God really is wanting to gain. And as a result, the church as a whole, not well, first of all, through us as sisters, corporately as sisters, if there's just something we just come to the Lord about in this way. Um, but then as the church as a whole, the, if the church as a whole has this really lined up order under God, there will be the anti-testimony in this earth and the Lord can gain what he's after so we just need to open to the Lord enjoy the Lord like you said Joycelyn really enjoy the Lord in this matter it's not a matter to be debated and it's not a matter of having to think about it in our fallen conceptual way that's the problem is our concepts so we need to turn to the Lord and have our concepts totally come in line with him Yeah, you, and uh, we prone to be independent, but Lord Jesus, we should we need to submit ourselves under the throne of God, of God, where there is a flow of a river of life that we can enjoy Him. With us, we we are independent. We are independent, but by enjoying of the Lord of this river of life, we depending. On God. 
we trust our God and we can obey him just by enjoying the, the, the abundance of his grace, which is God himself. Oh, Lord Jesus, how much we need to enjoy the Lord. And the, the Lord is seeking uh, this testimony on this earth. The one can trust him and obey him. This is, sisters, let's be the testimony of the Lord on this earth. Yeah, um, obey is not easy, and submission is not easy too. But this morning, I know that the way made me to obey, that enjoy the head. So the more I enjoy the head, the more I can live under the headship. Amen. Okay, sisters, uh, we'll probably end here. Praise the Lord for woman in God's creation, man's fall, and God's promise. Hallelujah. So why don't we just pray two by two for about a minute.